And I think we see a lot of this on about pages because people fill them up with all sorts of fun things about themselves that are really cool, but they don't always lead somebody to a conversion. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Welcome to the Brands at Book Show, where we help creative service-based businesses build their brands and find more clients. I'm your host, Davy Jones. In today's episode, Krista and I cover five website mistakes that we commonly see people make. If you're looking for higher conversion rates on your website, you'll want to make sure that you're not making one of these mistakes. If you find this episode helpful, you might also like our 10 common DIY design mistakes episode, which covers more design specific mistakes that we see when people customize their own websites. Be sure to check out the show notes at davianchrista.com for the resources we mentioned during the episode. And we want to hear from you. Let us know what kind of content you'd like to see on the Brands That Book podcast as we move forward. To leave your feedback, just send us a DM on Instagram at Davy and Krista. Now on to the episode. All right, we are back with another episode of the Brands That Book podcast here with Krista today. Hi, I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's always weird when you say that because you're literally, <laughs> this is your office, you know? But I feel like it's your podcast. I mean, your picture is the one on the little thumbnail. Yeah, yeah, all right, true. <laughs> Anyways, uh, today we we're talking about some common design website mistakes that we see. Some common website design mistakes. Yes, I'm excited to chat about this because we see these over and over again. Yeah, absolutely. And we actually have another podcast on some common DIY design mistakes that we see. So you can check that out. I can't remember exactly what episode number it is. I think it was in the 60s. I don't know. We're getting up there now. But we mentioned 10 common design mistakes in that episode. And we still think all of them are, they're still all mistakes that we we see. So consider this sort of an extension to that. In some ways, summarizes it a little bit. Also, I think too, to a certain extent, maybe these are different kinds of mistakes. Yeah, these are probably more like big picture and those might be more like nitty gritty, like making fonts too small, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you know, I guess if we're getting specific, right? Mm -hmm. We're talking in this episode about website mistakes. I guess the other episode is more aptly named design mistakes. Okay. (laughs) So that's good. I'm glad we figured that out as we're recording the episode. (laughs) But I think that uh, these are things that everybody should be aware of as they're designing their website. And something that I think is good to go back and review on your current website, even if you're not in a website design project, because as you add things to your website, all of a sudden it can just feel like, okay, where did I go wrong here? You know, like even if you hadn't done a website design recently, but you're just kind of adding things as your business evolves and all of a sudden you feel like it's just just this uncontrollable mess. Yeah, I think that's easy. I mean, that has happened to us in the past. Like you want to add more work to your portfolio. You want to add more testimonials. You add a service. And so you keep adding things in and, and then all of a sudden it doesn't feel cohesive. Maybe it's too much. And then you get into some of the mistakes that we're going to talk about now. Yeah, absolutely. And so we are going to cover five mistakes here. I think this will be a relatively quick episode for people, but we're going to cover five mistakes, starting with mistake number one. Which is? 
you're not conversion focused. You want to explain since you are Mr. Yes. Conversion? Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I don't feel that way. But anyways, <laughs> what's the point of your website? And this is something that I want to, that I try to emphasize to people, both at Till Agency and here. If you are a product-based business, it's likely for someone to buy your product, right? That's the end conversion you're looking for. If you're a service-based business, it's likely getting somebody to inquire. So there's all sorts of things that we can add to our website that are really cool. But is it going to help you reach that goal, meet that end, you know? And if it doesn't, then you should really think twice about adding it to your website. So for instance, one of those things, a plugin, I remember looking at somebody's website and this plugin basically would tell you how far through a post you are. So like, you know, um, as you scroll down through the post, a, a progress bar, you know, would appear. It was a thin bar. It wasn't ugly or anything. Yeah. I've seen this before. Yeah. And, and it's kind of cool. It's kind of helpful. At the same time, it was definitely slowing down their website, okay. you know? And so it was like one of those things where it's like, do we really need this? No. All right. Well, let's, let's get rid of it. So, you know, we want to make sure that we're, we're being conversion focused and that nothing we're doing on our website is distracting visitors from that end goal. Right. I mean, so as soon as somebody comes onto your website, it should be very pretty clear what you want them to do. So if you're a service-based business, it's probably seeing which services you offer, reading about them, and then inquiring. I probably wouldn't have somebody come onto my website right away and take them to the contact button. There are probably not many people who are just going to contact you as soon as you hop on. Sure. I, I think that's a, a you know an important note is that just because the end conversion is getting somebody to buy your product, you know, in your store or whatnot, that doesn't necessarily mean that the first thing that you should welcome them with is, hey, yeah, buy now, you know? It's like proposing, I mean, we've used it, it's like proposing on the first date. We've used this as an example before. Yeah, for sure. So pretty, yeah, a pretty common example. So mistake number one, not being conversion focused. And, and that's just a good filter. Anytime you're doing something on your website, is this distracting from the action they all, I ultimately want them to take? Or is it you know, taking their hand and leading them there. So, and I think we see a lot of this on about pages because people fill them up with all sorts of fun things about themselves that are really cool, but they don't always lead somebody to a conversion. Yeah. And I would say the two, you know, just as a a, kind of the last note about this is thinking about the order of things. So for instance, like on your website, should you have links to your social media? Probably somewhere right? But should that be like this big canvas on your website? Probably not, right? Because you don't necessarily want them leaving and going to your social media. Pretty likely that they're going to get there. They're going to see that they have like a little notification with notifications and and they start scrolling or whatever. You know, and sometimes people are actually looking for the social media, like your Instagram handle, because they want to see like, oh, well, I kind of want to see, you know, it helps them build trust, right? Especially if they're new to your brand. But point being is just because something is good, is it good in that place? You know, is it a proper step in the in the next direction? So we have links to all of our social channels, but they're in the footer of our website. They're not in the header. Yeah, that's just an example. But um, filter everything through that question. Is it conversion focused? Mistake number two, lead generation is not a priority. Yeah. And so for this one, to the point that you had just brought up, you know, when somebody lands on your website, they may, might not be ready to inquire. They might not be ready to buy your product. So are you giving yourself an opportunity to follow up with them and nurture them? And even, you know, I think that lead gen is tough for people on a number of levels. One, you know, it's kind of the question of like, okay, well, what do I offer in exchange for an email or a phone number or something like that? In addition to that, if I have a product that is 
selling really well, well organically. It's like, well, why do I need to do lead gen? Well, when that product isn't selling really well organically, you want and you want some way to to start nurturing cold audiences um, or or cooler audiences. So people who have never heard of you or who aren't in a position ready to buy. So what do you think the best way to do lead generation is for a wedding photographer, for example? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for a wedding photographer, it could be offering a free guide to venues in the area. It could be offering something around getting engaged, yeah, timeline tips, stuff like that. You know, the the tricky part for, you know, in coming up with a lead gen idea, you know, especially for somebody like a wedding photographer is that window. You know, you know, if you did something like the best portraits to get on your wedding day, you know, to a certain extent that might be too, that content might not be relevant until somebody's already booked their wedding photographer and is getting close to their wedding day, right? So you want to come up with content that's early in the process. Like if someone's still looking for a venue, they they may not have booked their their wedding photographer yet, right. you know. So coming up with with uh, content like that, it's but, probably a little bit easier for other types of service based businesses. Like, because if you're a portrait photographer, I mean, in theory, unless you only do newborns, you can do photos of them for the rest of their lives. And so there are all sorts of content that you could come up with to get them on your list and then to sell them, especially if you do something like mini sessions. Yeah, for sure. For sure. But I would say, you know, especially if you're running an online business, you know, lead generation is is super important. And if you want to see sustainable results, if you want to see consistent results over time, then lead generation, it really needs to be something that's prioritized. And, you know, I haven't come across very many businesses that do, you know, that that get really consistent, sustainable results that don't focus on lead gen. They're out there. I think that's why they say the money is in the list. (laughs) Yeah, sure. Mistake number three, not closing the trust gap with reviews, testimonials, and features. Yes. So this is pretty key. And I I don't think that, I think that some people think that these are really hard to get, but I don't think they're that as hard to get as most, as some people get in their heads. So I think that when people come onto a website, they want to know that you're good at what you do. And so one of the ways that you can do that is through reviews, testimonials, and then submitting your work to get featured. Yeah, absolutely. And I I just think, you know, we've seen a lot of really ugly websites that still convert. (laughs) I want to say a lot. Okay. So I take the back. What we've seen, but everybody's seen a website that doesn't look good, but that you know the business is still killing it. You know, the reason is, is that people trust that business. Mm-hmm. And, and that's really the key when we're talking to business is like, or when we're talking business is, can you bridge that trust gap? So people are in a position where they can answer that question confidently. Like, yes, I know I'm going to get this, uh, this product and it's going to work for me, right. you know? So, and so, uh, social proof can come in all sorts of forms, testimonials, reviews, features. We just recently recorded a uh, podcast episode on a sub- subscription box business that we recently built. Talked about, you know, using one of those tools where people can go on, leave a review, and that review is going to auto-populate, you know, on the website, you know, that sort of thing. That might not fit with your brand or, you know, with your business, but getting testimonials from people like, you know, social proof is going to be key regardless of what business that you're running. And even if you're a luxury level, you know, photographer or wedding planner or whatever, like if I'm starting a luxury level wedding photography brand today, one of the things that I'm going to focus on is getting in with luxury level photographers. I mean, I'm sorry, luxury level planners. Because, you know, if I'm a luxury brand, I'm probably shooting 10, 20 weddings a year, maybe. And so I don't need necessarily like Facebook ads to, to book that. Right. What I need is probably to be in with a couple key planners. 
Which is what we did when we were wedding photographers. Yeah. And so, you know, but that's still social proof is my right. point. You know, that's Especially still social proof. if you can get a testimonial from them and add that to your site. Like, that's great. And include their business name, especially if they're really recognizable. Yeah. We have a blog post on this, but when it comes to testimonials, you don't just have to sit there and wait for them. You can email your past clients or people that you've worked with and ask them for testimonials. Um, what we personally like to do is ask them a series of questions like, why did you decide to work with us? If somebody was on the fence about working with us, what would you say? What did you enjoy most about working with us? And then from there, a lot of times you end up with really good text that you can use as a testimonial. And you could even like craft something back based on what they said and then ask them to post it to WeddingWire, Facebook, Google, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. And you, and you probably have an idea of, of whether, of how crucial reviews are to your business, you know? Like for Amazon, if you have a product on Amazon, reviews are crucial, yeah. right? If you are, you know, I mean, there's just certain businesses where I'm going to just kind of scour the reviews before I purchase something. And there's other businesses where what I really need is a, a, rec- a personal recommendation from somebody, yeah. you know? And so word of mouth becomes super important. Like there's certain businesses where I, like, I'm not looking at their, like, I can't even remember the last, to be honest, the last time I looked at Facebook reviews. I feel like you, you look at the like reviews from the less expensive products, but like for big products, you want personal recommendations. Like when we were hiring our builder for our house, he doesn't have anything online. So yeah, exactly. But you know, what do we want? We wanted to see houses he's yeah. built. We wanted to talk to people who's, who's worked who's with. House, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so that's a, that's a good point. So uh, mistake number four, this is a uh, sort of a pet peeve of mine, not doing basic optimization on your website. So what do you mean by basic optimization? Because there's this like, I think there's this concept that you just do SEO and I'm using air quotes that you can't see and that you you do it once and that's it and you're done. Yeah, so SEO, optimizing your website, something that you have to do on an ongoing basis. But there's a few things that you can just do once. Like for instance, setting page titles and meta descriptions. All right, so if you've ever launched a website, or if you've ever gone to, think about maybe your own website. When you share the homepage to Facebook, what shows up? If it says in the thumbnail in the title, home, and then in the meta or in the description, it just pulls the first few lines of text. My guess is that the page title and the meta description haven't been set, mm-hmm. all right? And you don't have to be an SEO genius to figure this out. And you don't even have to be, for most of us, even if we were to take a complete shot in the dark, without doing any keyword research, what our page titles should be, we're probably going to get pretty close mm-hmm. because we know our products and services well enough mm-hmm. and we know how our customers talk about them. So what I would recommend, if you use Show It, for instance, go in, you know, on every on every page, there's a SEO box module on the, you know, you click in the page and it's on the right-hand side. It's like- Under advanced, I think. It's either under advanced or it's SEO. Maybe YouTube video showing you exactly yeah. how to do it. <laughs> Point being, go in there and set that stuff because, you know, for instance, when it's shared to social, that's what's going to show up in the thumbnail. And then also, you know, you have a better chance of ranking for the keywords that you're hoping to rank for if you go and do that, even having done no keyword research than if you were just to leave it blank and the page title of your homepage is home. That's what I would consider uh, basic optimization. You know, if you're using a, a, a website platform like Showit, they have some built-in SEO tools. Um, and then of course, if you're on WordPress, you can use something like Rank Math uh, and it makes it super easy to do that. So I won't get into the uh, nuts and bolts of that, uh, but just to go do it because it is a pet peeve when people share their website on social and I just see, you know, it says, it's like, you know, they link to whatever and it just says home. 
I'm like, it's such a missed opportunity. One, I just don't immediately know what it is that you do. Or like if you have a million tabs open in your browser, then you don't know which tab it is too. All right, mistake number five. This is a favorite of ours, not investing in copy. And so obviously like as a design agency, we love good imagery and good imagery matters. Most people know that though. So, you know, it's not like, you know, so I think the the area that people overlook is copy. I think that a lot of people think that if their brand is more of a visual brand, they can get away with hardly any copy on a website. And one, that's not great for search engines. And two, it's not great for trying to connect with your ideal client. I think some of the best websites that we've worked on, so the highest converting, they're engaging, they keep people active and scrolling are ones that have worked with a copywriter. You know, I think like Till is a great example because you guys worked with Jess Jordana and she just crushed your copy. Yeah. And I would just say, you don't like our point here is not that you have to invest in a professional copywriter as much as it is, you know, just spend intentional time on your copy. There are a lot of resources out there. Jess has, you know, resources herself called Promplets, which are basically like templates for copy, you know, that could probably get you. You know, I would say at least conservatively 50% of the way there, you know, if not more. Copy can make your web or can make a a big difference on your website. And, you know, back to our point, like, you know, we've all seen ugly websites that still do a really good job of conversion. And it's probably because, you know, I mean, social proof might be there. But another thing that might be in place is just really good copy. Right. And I think that the thing that really good copy does is it gets in your client's head. So, like, maybe I'm a new, I mean, since I'm going to have a baby in a few months, I'm thinking, all right, I'm going to be a sleep deprived mom who probably wants to get more sleep and get my child to sleep. Like if I'm looking for help getting my kid to sleep and I go on a site, like Becca Campbell does a great job of this little Z sleep. I'm reading it and it's like, she's reading my brain. She knows that I'm tired. She knows that I'm frustrated. She knows that I want to probably have more time to myself and not spend an hour trying to get my kid to sleep only to have them wake up an hour later. And so like when copy can speak into that, I think it's really effective. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just, you know, it's one area I'd say if we worked in a different industry, we'd probably change this mistake to imagery matters a lot, you know, Uh, or you're not investing enough in imagery. But, you know, for a lot of our clients, the imagery is beautiful and it's, you know, really the copy that's a struggle. And if it's something that you don't feel like you can do, on your own, even with tools, then, you know, we've never worked with somebody who's worked with a copywriter and regretted it. Mm-hmm. Definitely something to consider as you're starting uh, a website project, website redesign, something along those lines. So anyways, like I said, uh, we have more uh, more content that you can review along these lines. Um, you know, if you're looking for specific design mistakes, then head on over to our previous episode, 10 Common DIY uh, Design Mistakes that we see. We also have a podcast episode, you know, of the same title that covers the same content if you'd prefer to listen. All right. Thank you all. And remember, we have launched a YouTube channel, so you can find a lot of this content on YouTube as well if you prefer YouTube as a medium. And if you do, head on over there, subscribe to our channel, like videos, comment on them. All of that apparently helps. You know, Of <laughs> course, only if you feel like the content is good. So we really appreciate y'all. And if you have any suggestions for content as we move forward, the best way to make a suggestion is to DM us on Instagram at Davey and Krista. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thanks for tuning in to the Brands That Book Show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review in iTunes. For show notes and other resources, head on over to DeviantKrista.com.